0: You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. God's power gives us the ability to produce wealth and experience success. Learn more in week two of Big Deal. Listen to this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. This is our second installment on our series uh, entitled Big Deal. And this, uh, this is talking about blessing how many of you are always excited every time you talk about blessing diba? Uh, how many of you are excited if you talk about suffering Wala, diba? but you know i believe that we we go through life experiencing both but i believe that in the very heart of god part of the covenant of god with us is he wants to bless his people and he that's part of the covenant in fact that is part of the terms of the covenant that he has given to the patriarchs. And you will, every time God would establish his covenant to his people, it's not a covenant of suffering, but it's a covenant of blessing. Do you Remember, when, uh, when he created the covenant or you know, made the covenant with Abraham, he chose Abraham out of uh, you know, all the peoples during that time to make him into a nation. And he said, you know, in Genesis chapter 2 verse 1, he said, you know, out of you know, the peoples on that, on that, uh, in that planet, uh, in, in, in that place, in, on, during that time, in that planet, <laughs> in that place, uh, you know, he said, I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing to many nations. Okay, And so I believe that when we, as I said earlier or last week, that when we pray for the blessing of God, don't just pray for your own blessing. Pray for more than enough. And I believe that God will use you as a channel of blessing. Everybody say this. Um, I have two hands. The left and the right. Hold them up high. So clean and bright. <laughs> now one hand to receive. Another one to give. As the money goes through, there'll be plenty for you. Yeah. Okay. And so I believe that, you know, when we, you know, open up our arms or our hands and receive blessings from the Lord, I believe God wants to pour us more than enough blessings so that we will be able to be a channel to the people around us. Now, just to give us a quick recap, last week we talked about the promise. And this is the covenant of God. When you talk about the blessing, a blessing is basically a declaration of our Uh, Blessed status or favored status with God As I said last week It's not something that you work for It's not something that we deserve It's not something that you are, you know Trying to attain, but it's already been given to us simply because of the relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now how many of you again are you know uh, you know have a relationship with the Lord? You are born again, but you are a child of God. If you are a child of God, then you are blessed. Okay, that's part of the blessings of God. Another uh, way to define blessing is: blessing is an endowed power to make wealth. Okay, so that's exactly what we're going to be talking about tonight. Blessing gives us, you know, uh, this opportunity to make wealth. And we have to know the source of that blessing. And I believe that God wants to use uh, each and every one of us to, uh, to really touch a lot of people. And so I'd like to invite uh, everyone to stand as we read one verse this evening. We're going to be reading from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, and since this is just one verse, I'd like to invite everyone to read along with me with your beautiful beautiful voices. Yeah, okay? Ready? One, two, three. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is this day, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for our time this uh, this afternoon. Lord, may you give us your divine revelation on what it really means to be blessed. And I thank you that, uh, Lord, there might be some people here who may not see that as a reality in their life. But I thank you. May this time be a time of uh, understanding and renewal of the mind, Lord, so that we would fully understand that all of us, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Have been, uh, have been given this favored status to the Lord. And so we thank you for this moment. I pray, God, that you would bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. You know, when you uh, talk about Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible. This is part of what we call the Pentateuch. Everybody say Pentateuch penta meaning five. Okay? These are the first five books of the Bible. And who, who's the author of the Pentateuch? Moses. Okay? So Moses was the one who wrote uh, this first five books, okay? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Just a quick recap. Deuteronomy is actually, the setting of Deuteronomy is uh, at the Mount Nebo uh, when they were about to cross the river Jordan. And uh, that was the time when Moses has led the people of God for about 40 years. They came out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea. They went and received the law from Mount Sinai. And they went and, you know, ran around in circle for about 40 years in uh, the wilderness called Kadesh Barnea. And uh, in one of the encounters there, Moses... Was disqualified from entering the promised land. Can you imagine? If you were Moses, what would you feel? <laughs> Naghirap ka na na 40 years. Hindi ka pa na qualify, okay? Simply because there was a situation, you know, the people of uh, the Israelites were a bit rebellious and they were complainers. They were a group of grumblers. Now we don't really know how many Israelites came out of Egypt. Uh, there were some scholars who were claiming there are about 800,000 people that came out of Egypt. There are some who are estimating about close to 2 million people. So we don't know. Maybe con- uh, considering uh, you know, young uh, w- women and children. So pro- possibly. But can you imagine if you're Moses and you're leading about, let's say, 1 million people that are complaining every single day. How many of you work in a call center? Yeah. How many of you normally hear complaints in the call center? Can you imagine if every single day you hear about 5,000 complaints? What a life! But I believe God's grace is with you. But Moses you know, served the people of God, and yet there was a situation wherein the people were complaining because of the water, and finally Moses got fed up. He acted in anger instead of him honoring the Lord at the, mount, uh, at the rock of Meribah. Basically, he struck the rock not once but twice because of anger. And because of that, he dishonored the Lord before the Israelites. And the Lord said to him, It's not you who's going to cross the people into the promised land. It's going to be your servant or your aide, Joshua, who will basically... So it's, an, it's another generation who's taking... The, the people of God, into the promised land. And, you know, Moses is merely recounting the milestones of what they have experienced. You know, last Friday, Shirley and I were invited to speak in a couples retreat in, uh, in Makati uh, for a uh, victory church in kalookan But they booked a hotel in Makati, so they went there. And the theme of the retreat was milestones. And if you... Uh, you Know if you're going to define what a milestone is, a milestone is a stone that measures the miles, milestones, diba? it's it measures the distance. Uh, you know, this is too big of a milestone, okay? It Looks like a tombstone already, diba? anyway, you know, it, it's you know, maybe you're traveling from Manila to Baguio and you see a lot of this, uh, you know, you know, this kilometer reading. Say maybe in the, because in the Philippines you don't use miles, you use kilometers, so maybe we should call it kilometer stone. But anyway, so so you see this milestone and this basically are marks how far you've gone and how far your uh, you know how many more miles in order for you to reach your destination. In another uh, in another definition it says milestones are the events uh, in your life that measures progress. You know, so, uh, you know, we took the time, me and Shirley shared some of the things that we've gone through. We've had a lot of things that we've gone through in our marriage for the past almost 25 years. Ups, downs, joys, griefs. And, but how many of you know that despite the fact that you've gone through a lot of situations, the Lord is always with us? Amen. Amen. Through the miles, through the years, God has always been there. And so, you know, I believe that each and every one of us, you also have some milestones to share Uh, to people around you. But anyway, so Moses was recounting, you know, the milestones uh, with the people uh, as, you know, they were about to um, enter the promised land. Basically, the whole idea or the big idea that you will find in the chapter 8 of Deuteronomy is that do not forget the Lord. Or basically, what Moses is saying is remember the Lord your God as you enter the promised land because it is going to be a good land it's a land flowing with what milk and honey and i don't really understand how that is done you know i don't know how many bees are there you know what's the production of honey in that promised land you know milk and honey maybe there's a lot of sheep or cattle and bees okay my friend in dubai says that Dubai is not a land of milk and honey, but a land of oil and money. But anyway, so that's Dubai Dao, okay? So it's a bit different. But you know, Moses is reminding them, as you are about to enter the promised land, remember the Lord your God. Don't ever forget the fact that God has been faithful to you despite your unfaithfulness to Him. You've always been stiff-necked before Him. You've always complained, you've always grumbled, you've acted in unfaithfulness before the Lord. That's why He judged many of them, and another generation had to be raised up in order to enter the promised land. Basically, the old generation that came out from Egypt died in the wilderness, and God had to raise up another generation that will take over the promised land. And so Moses is reminding this fresh batch, this new generation, guys, remember the Lord has been faithful to you. Don't ever forget God. And so this is what we're looking at. There are three ways that we can actually avail of the power of God to make wealth. Number one is remember. Everybody say remember. What does remember mean? Don't forget. How many of you sometimes forget things? How many of you have forgotten, you know, where you put your keys? Or maybe, you know, maybe you've forgotten to, uh, you know, or maybe your cell phone in a restaurant. How many of you have actually lost some things, okay? Or forgotten some things, right? Just don't forget your wife or don't forget your children in the mall, right? You know, you can forget some things, but there are some things that you shouldn't forget, right? You know, I remember this uh, movie that I watched many, many years ago. It's entitled, Fifty First Dates. I mean, it's a funny movie, right? Uh, It's a love story, but the the, the story goes that there's this girl who's suffering from a short-term memory loss. And the problem is, she can remember the people, her family, that have been with her when she was young... But she cannot remember the people around her like in this, uh, I don't know how many months before this exact time that she's in. And so there's this guy who liked her and she liked him. And so, you know, they started knowing each other and dating. But the problem is every time she would sleep, the moment she would wake up the next day, and if she would meet that same guy, she would forget. She could not remember who this guy is. Can you imagine that love story? You have to reintroduce yourself every single day to the same girl. Ikaw na She no nga uli. Can you imagine that? And that's the whole point of the story. Until you know, I, of course, uh, I don't. I, just watch it. But anyway, so the point is, the point is, sometimes. God had to knock on our doors and remind us, remember that it is me that gives you the ability to produce wealth. Remember that it is I that actually went and uh, you know, uh, sacrificed my, my son for you so that you can be delivered from your sin. Remember the times when I delivered you. Remember the times when I healed you. Remember, remember, remember. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, Remember. Remember, don't forget. Don't forget these things. These are some of the things that we need to remember. And what is that? We've read that verse earlier in verse 18 that says, Remember the Lord your God. If you're going to remember something that's really important, don't ever forget the Lord. Especially when you become successful. Especially when we become prosperous, especially when everything is going on for us, you know how many of you sometimes feel that you are closer to the Lord when you are in need and lack than when you are in plenty. When you're asking the Lord for provision, close kayo ni Lord. If there's a delay in your pay, whatever in your in your salary, or maybe a delay with the payment of a client. And there's a bill, you know, or maybe a sickness or a situation in your home. You know, your, your knees are actually always on the ground. You're crying out to the Lord, Lord, deliver, provide. But when everything is great, you know, all the bills paid, everything that you have has multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. You know, we just give token thank you prayers. To the lord that's why you know moses took the time to remind the people because guys you're about to enter the promised land and this is no ordinary land this is a good land this is different from what you have experienced in the prom- in in the wilderness remember let's read this from verse 2 it says you shall remember the whole way That the Lord your God has what? Has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. That he might what? Humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Did we read that right? It was who who led them into the wilderness? It was God. Why would God lead his people into the wilderness? I hope God wants us to go straight to the promised land. Why did we have to take a detour into the wilderness? The purpose is simple. So that He may know what is in our hearts. Amen. Sometimes we will be taken into a situation just to test us. To know how we will respond. To know if we will honor the Lord. To know if we will choose what is right. To know if we will stand up for integrity. To know whether we will you know, choose the, the, the godly relationship that God has placed in our life. Remember to test us. And you know when you, if you would read uh, even in Matthew chapter 4 when Jesus was uh, you know about to be uh, to fast for 40 40 days and 40 nights the bible says in Matthew 4 the spirit of god led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So there's a place of Trials. There's a a place of purging. There's a place of the Spirit leading us into a time of testing so that He will find out whether we will serve the Lord or not. The question is, are we just going to serve God when times are doing great? Or are we even going to serve God if times are bad? Remember. Remember the Lord. Don't ever forget because He wants to test. What's in our heart? Verse 3. He said, And he humbled you, and let you hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by what? By bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Now, when the, the Israelites came out of Egypt... Of course, they were in the desert. And in the desert, you can't buy anything. There's no malls in the desert, right? There's no 7-Eleven or Jollibee that you can actually pass, drive through. There's nothing there. You know, it's, I don't know if there's palm trees there, maybe there's pomegranate. I don't know if there's some such or maybe some springs, but there's no food. So when they went out, I think it's in Exodus chapter 16, the people started complaining once again. Complain from, you know, from one point to the next, they've been complaining. And so the people were complaining and they, they're saying to Moses, Moses, it was better for us to be in Egypt. In Egypt, we had food. We have meat pots and we have bread. But here in the desert, there's none. And you know what the Lord did? He provided manna from heaven. You know, manna is actually what they call bread from heaven. In fact, uh, they said, uh, you know, uh, God said to Moses, you know, this is what's going to happen. In the morning, I'm going to provide bread. In the evening, I'm going to provide meat. And in the morning, when the people would wake up, there's a thin um, sheet or layer of uh, almost like a wafer-like bread that tastes like honey. And when the people woke up, they were asking, what is it? And that's exactly what the word manna means. It means literally, what is it? So if you don't know what it is, you just say, Mana? What is it? But it's interesting to know that God said to Moses, Tell the people to only get what they can eat for the day. They are supposed to get once a day for six days. On the sixth day, they are to get twice so that they can actually have a rest or a Sabbath on the seventh day. And so that is actually a picture that we are to do even today. Because God is wanting them to always depend. Everybody say depend. Depend on the Lord not once but every single day. Amen. God wants the people of God to cry out to Him every day. God wants the people of God to know that He is the one who provides for their needs every single day. Amen. That's why the emphasis is man does not live By bread alone. In our context, maybe man does not live by rice alone. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It means that every single day, we come to God and say, God, I need you. God, I'm desperate for you. God, you are my deliverer. You are my provider. I'm coming to you right now asking for help. Asking for grace. Every single day. That is the picture that God was trying to teach the people. And not only did he provide bread, he provided meat. You know what kind of meat? Quail. What is quail in Tagalog? Pugo. Okay, pugo. Can you imagine, first day, they were excited. Wow, quail! Sinigang na quail. Second day, adobong quail. Third day, baked quail. Fifth day, uh, pinaupong quail, okay, and uh, you know so on and so forth. Fried quail, uh, you know they got they ran out of recipe. And can you imagine after two years eating quail every day? Quail na naman, gusto ko nang lumipad. pad. But nonetheless, how many of you know that quail is quail, and quail is still food. You just have to be creative. You know, sometimes, you know, the picture that I get is sometimes we just, I guess, become too overfamiliar with the blessing of God that we lose the appreciation for the provision every single day. You know, because we get to assume, "Ah, I'm going to eat tonight. How many of you will eat tonight? Please raise your hand. How many of you are not fasting and you're going to eat tonight when you get home? Or when you, come on, how many of you will eat tonight? Please raise your hand. Come on, come on, don't be shy. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, t- konti pa, konti pa, konti pa. Okay. Yeah. Diba? I mean all of us will probably eat tonight. And you know, when we eat tonight, we're expecting to get full. Right? We're expecting that we will eat to our heart's content and be satisfied. And after eating, and maybe you're watching your nice you know TV show with your wife. You know you're full. Kinakamutopo panchan mo. You know, Lord, thank you so much. You know, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. You know, you know, you, you know, you're you're doing that, and you're you're just thanking the Lord, right? And sometimes we don't even think about that because we're expecting. I you know I I work, so I eat. I get my salary, so I buy my food. I deserve to eat because I work hard, and it's a product of my sweat. (laughs) You know, I was deeply touched with a friend that came to my wife this week. uh, week. And uh, this friend was a bit desperate because uh, her mom needed to be taken to the doctor for checkup because she couldn't stand. And so... She was a bit desperate because the, the husband didn't really have a good job. And so they're struggling financially. She's not working because she's homeschooling the kids. And, uh, you know, the question for them every day is when the kids would go out in the morning, they would ask not what's for lunch, but the question really is will we have lunch? And they don't even eat. And so we, we've seen her really grow thin. And Shirley and I decided to help for the hospitalization and give, give extra for food. When she received the extra money, which is not much, she got so excited and she called her family and said, we're going to eat in Jollibee. And they had a feast in Jollibee. And I said, wow, Jollibee. Kung kumain si Andre ng Chicken Joy, hindi lang one piece, two piece, it's ordinary. And I said, God, thank you so much that you give us food every day. No matter what it is on the table, we need to be grateful. Amen. You know, sometimes, you know, we get to Complain, ano ba itong paggain na to? Ito na naman, pangat. Pangatlong init. <laughs> Buti nga may iniinit pa eh. Verse 4. Your clothing did not wear out on you. Your foot did not swell or smell. I don't know. Swell. This 40 years. I mean, how many of you know a designer that can actually design clothes that can last for 40 years? But God was the one who preserved their clothes. God was the one who preserved their, you know, I don't know, habayanas or whatever. Okay, Their sandals. And can you imagine walking in the, not in the winter wonderland, but in the hot desert every single day in the heat of the sun? Maybe sometimes, I don't know if it rains there, but despite the elements of the weather, God preserved what they had. You know, you may be driving an old clunky car, but I believe that God is holding that car together. Until your new car arrives. Amen. Come on now. God's. come on. Let's give the Lord praise. But pastor, I don't even have a car. Why will I be grateful to the Lord? At least you have options every day. You can choose your driver. You can choose a tricycle driver. You can choose a jeepney driver. You can choose a bus chauffeur. Can you imagine? What a blessed life. You don't even have to drive. Somebody drives for you. It's about perspective. It's about remembering. It's about remembering that God was the one who gave us the ability to produce. And about the ability to thank Him as well. Are we here this afternoon? And in verse 10 it says, And you shall eat. So what's the antidote of ungratefulness? Or forgetting the Lord? It's this. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. Let's not forget to bless the Lord. Amen. Let's not forget to thank the Lord. Lord, thank you so much. Even the littlest things that we receive every day. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. You know, in Hebrew, the word gratitude is the same word for confession. Same word. When you're grateful for someone, you say it loudly. Thank you. Tell the person beside you, thank you for sitting beside me. Yeah. What, an, what a privilege, right? That you get to sit with that person. You know, when you say thank you, what you're saying is when you express your gratitude that that person gave you a favor, that you're actually a recipient of that person, it's a sign of humility. When you thank the Lord, it's an acknowledgement that God is the one who gives us everything that we have and everything that we need. Amen? Don't forget to bless the Lord. Because you know what? You will be satisfied like this problem. You know, you will actually just eat, relax. You know? Can't even move. You call it the good life. Deuteronomy 8 verse 11. It says, Take care. Tell the person beside you again. Take care. Take care care, or be careful lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments and His rules and His statutes which I command you today. Be careful. Be careful that you don't keep it. You're blessed. The least we can do is to obey Him and worship Him. I mean, God has given us everything that we need. God has given us everything that we have. Our response ought to be to bless him, to thank him, to serve him, to obey him. That's why this is a warning. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all you have is what? Is multiplied. Then your heart be lifted up. And you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Let's be careful. Let us be careful not to forget that He is the one who takes care of us. Amen. Second way on how to receive the power of God, I'll be, I'll be faster this time, is to recognize who is the source. And who is the source? You know, God is the source. And we, we see that, that. It is not us. The power that makes wealth is not coming from within it comes from one source and that is god himself you shall remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you what power to get wealth and this power is not like the superhero power of spider-man or you know whatever okay this is not that kind of a power you know the power to make wealth i believe has been deposited in us already the moment that you receive the covenant promise of Jesus with Jesus Christ, you've been given that power to produce wealth. This is not a prosperity gospel. It's the rea- it's a truth. And what is that power? In other translations in NIV, it says the ability. Everybody say ability. Now, how many of you have at least one ability in your life? Please raise your hand. Pag wala ka, kawawa I think all of us have something that we can do. How many of you can walk? How many of you can talk? How many of you can smile? How many of you can raise your hand? How many of you can actually run? These these are the things that are basic for serving others. This is an ability to make wealth. Service is important. Service is very in demand in some countries, especially in the Philippines. Ability to produce wealth has been given to us. But who's the source? It's God. We are not the source. Let's be careful because sometimes... What prohibits us from receiving the blessing of God is prosperity itself. Secondly, it's pride. Everybody say pride. Pride. Be careful of pride. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know, great is the fall of the proud people. Okay? That's why we need to be humble. Okay, when somebody asks you, you are proud to be humble. Okay, let's be humble. Power to make wealth, N-A-S-B, okay? Uh, NLT is power to be successful. CEB or uh, Common English Bible it's the strength to be prosperous. But pastor, I didn't graduate from this school or I don't have this background or you know, my family background is like this. It doesn't even matter who is the source. The blessing of God is not dependent on us. The blessing of God is dependent on Him. In fact, he was ready to bless the Israelites despite and in spite of their rebellion. He was about to pour out his blessing. Moses was just reminding them, lest you be destroyed. Let's obey the Lord. Because we might say, if we don't acknowledge God, in verse 17 it says, Beware lest you say in your heart, My power... And the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. That is the ultimate pride. Not acknowledging that it was God who gave it to us. Reverend Richard Toe said, The greatest obstacle to blessing in our lives is not the devil. It is our own propensity toward pride. It's because people are proud to depend and cry out to the Lord. This is the prayer of David. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 12, 14 says, "Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all." But who am I? Everybody say, "Who am I?" And what is my people that we should be able to thus offer willingly for all things?" Everybody say, "All things?" All things come from you and of your own we have given you. You know, it's easier to give if you realize that the source is not us, it's God. And if you know that when you give, there's a lot more where it came from, it will be easier for us to give. It will be easier for us to be generous if we know that once you're generous, God will provide you with something more. Because you are not the source Your boss is not the source. Your company is not the source. The HR department is not the source. God is the source. Amen. And when God is the source, His resource is unlimited. The Bible says, God, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and even the hills under those cattle. And He does not even eat hamburger. He doesn't need to. He is just so extravagant. And He wants to give in accordance to His pleasure. Because that is His desire. He wants to bless His children. Amen. All we have to do is to trust and rely in Him. And know that definitely when He's given us something, there is definitely a purpose for that blessing. Third and my final point as we come to a close is the reason. Why can we be blessed? Why did we receive the power? It's simply because, not because of us. We don't deserve it, but it's because of Him. It's so that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is this day. How many of you would agree with me that God made a promise is a faithful God who will fulfill His promise? He is not like us that He will lie. You know, sometimes, you know, when, you know, especially if you have children, you know, sometimes your children will press you to get you to get an answer from you. You know, Dad, can I have this? Or Dad, can I watch a movie? Or Dad, can I do this? And if you're not careful and all you have to do, if you always say yes, 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 without even thinking, chances are you will break a promise. That's why you've got to consider first before you say yes. So sometimes when I, my children will come to me, And they would ask for something. Dad, can we have this? I would first ask, what did your mom say? (laughs) Wise na ako Did she say yes? And if they say, but mom's not here. And I would say, maybe. Let's wait later. Because the moment you say yes, you're committed to that. And sometimes, you know, I myself have broken some promises, but not the Lord. Amen. God, Will never break his promise. When he makes a covenant promise, he, the omnipotent God, will do everything in his power and might to fulfill that promise. And he is a trustworthy God. Amen. That's why, you know, this is the picture of the promised land that God has given, or, yeah, that God has given the Israelites. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, the land of brooks, of water. of of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranate, parang asyenda, no? A land of olive trees and honey, okay, that is, you know, it's a fruitful land, a land in which you uh, you will eat bread without scarcity, unlimited pande, Manila, or something like that, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper, a mining land, and you shall eat and be full and you shall bless the Lord for the good land he has given you that is the picture. You know when we finally get into the promised land that God has given us. And we're not really talking about a physical land. You know maybe some of you are what is that? Is my promised land? My job is my promised land. This girl is my pro-? a promised land is basically where God wants you to be in a specific uh, you know situation in your life. It may not be a GPS kind of a location. But it may be a situation. God asked Adam one time when he failed. Remember when he disobeyed God? Sorry, this is my third preaching. When he disobeyed God, he asked Adam, Adam, where are you? Doesn't God know where Adam was? The question is a where. It's supposed to be a location. But God was asking, Adam, where are you in your walk with me? A good land. Our situation before the Lord. I believe God will give each and every one of us a good land. So tell the person beside you, be ready and be happy. Yeah, All right. Verse 16, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know that he might humble you to test you. And this is the ultimate goal of testing, to do you good in the end. God has his best interest for us, not to punish us, not to judge us, but to bless us. But he wants to test us first if we're gonna be ready for his blessing. Let's just skip this. You know, I have a yeah, this is a rather long story. George Washington Carver basically asked the Lord one time when he was a young because he's a Christian, he asked the Lord, Lord, give me the secret of the universe. How many of you pray to the Lord? That prayer. Lord, give me the secret of the universe. And the Lord told George Washington Carver, you're not ready to, to learn the secret of the universe, but I'm going to share to you the secret of peanut. And God shared to him all the, secret of, the secrets of peanut. Can you imagine? Money. This is what you can handle. Not the universe, Peanuts. And out of that wisdom that the Lord gave George Washington Carver, George Washington Carver was able to formulate more than 300 uses of peanut. Peanut butter, peanut brittle, peanut oil. Lahat manet, ng mane. Okay, na mo, you know, turrones de mane. I don't know if he invented that, but a lot more. And he became a scientist, a botanist, not for himself, But because he was born into slavery and he was able to help the slave farmers during a time of depression. And it actually blessed the southern farmers during his time. The blessings that we receive from the Lord is meant to bless other people as well. Amen. So God gives us the power to produce wealth so that we can be what? Channels of his blessing. And I want to ask the music team to join me here on the stage. And I want to end with this scripture in John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus reminds us never to forget that we ought to be connected with Him every single day. I mean, if you want to be blessed, if you want to receive, you know, if you want to live a blessed life, make sure that you're connected to the vine. And He said this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, For apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is basically simply saying that God is the source. Jesus is divine. From Him comes the good life. From Him comes life itself. He came to give us life and life to the full. We hope you were inspired by that message. Be updated on podcasts and events, and even follow a Bible reading plan by downloading the Victory Alabang app for all Apple and Android mobile devices. Thank you, and stay connected.